What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode two of Nintendo Noise, Flip Screen Games' weekly Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello, hello. And the mayor of Haken, Mr. Chewy Huerta. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back, gang. We made it week two, and I'm happy to say, week one, rousing success. The folks love it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trending <laughs> all over the place. I, you know, I think it's safe to say we've made it, you know? Awesome. I mean, you know, I feel like you only really made it as a podcast when somebody's lost their audio file. <laughs> Don't what? jinx Don't us like that. It's only it. the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm just waiting now. Hopefully our backup to our backup to our backup uh, holds through this week. But, uh, yeah, uh, I hope anyway, because it's going to be a heck of an episode. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, um, specifically a lot of indie talk to get into, because, of course, Nintendo had their latest indie world presentation this last week. Uh, some great games that we are really excited to get our mitts on. Uh, but before we get into all that, let me just take a minute to tell you that this episode of, uh, I almost just said of the Flip Screen Games podcast, this episode of Nintendo Noise is brought to you by our Patreon producer for the month of August. Of course, they are Christopher Valenz, aka That Doc Guy, Zade Ida, and Wakahula. Thank you so much for your support over on patreon.com slash flipscreengames. Uh, we really appreciate that you believe in what we're doing here and uh, that you didn't cancel your subscription after the first week of shows. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, speaking of Patreon, if you go and support us there at the $2 level, you will get access to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, One More Thing, where we keep the mics rolling. And uh, this past week, Steve and I talked about uh, breakfast. We talked about Steve's experience at an American-style diner, which sounded pretty damn good, I gotta say. Uh, and some less fun news about Steve getting into a car crash and breaking his glasses. So if you want to oh, hear... Yeah. Just the whole gamut of emotions on that episode. Head over to patreon.com slash games. And again, that's just at the $2 level. Every level gets you access to the show. So go check it out. It's the best way to show your support and get a little bit of extra flip screen in your feed every week. Of course, uh, you can also go check out our other podcast, which I almost name dropped before, the Flip Screen Games podcast. Uh, we're on this week's show. We are uh, placing some bets on Metacritic scores for some of the hottest games coming out for the rest of this year and talking about what we played this week. So go check that one out if you haven't already. And of course, if you want to keep up with all the cool stuff that we're doing here, head over to flipscreen.games. It's got links to every single one of our platforms except for our Discord. Steve's going to get that added one of these days. Uh, oh, but if you do yeah. want to join the Discord, we got a link down in the description down below. You can also go check out our Twitch streams over on twitch.tv slash flipscreengames. Uh, we had our first ever stream last Thursday where the three of us plus our friends Sierra plus Ultra and AJ from Fanatics 4 uh, got into some Pokemon Unite. We're teaching Steve how to play. Uh, that VOD is still available for you to go check out if you want to. Um, if you want to let us know what you want to see us stream next week for this week's, uh, well, I guess this week, next week for me now, this week for you in the future, uh, let us know right in. And you can do that, of course, by joining the Discord, like I said before, or uh, emailing us at questions at flipscreen.games. Uh, and you know that's also a great way for you to write in to the show and get your thoughts right in the air during our question block segment like a ton of fine folks did. Speaking of folks who wrote in, uh, we got a little follow-up on our Animal Crossing conversation from last week's show. We got uh, a message from that doc guy, one of our Patreon producers, over on the Discord. And uh, I- I'm sure Doc didn't intend for us to read this on the air, but I thought it was very interesting. I wanted to throw it out there and get Chewie's take on it. 
So Doc said, see, I've always thought of New Horizons as more of a multiplayer diorama simulator than a social town simulator. Even up until New Leaf, it felt like an actual town that you didn't have total geographic control over. If something wasn't where you wanted it, then too bad, Buttercup. Suck it up, because that's where you live. <laughs> now you can just build everything where you want it, how you want it, when you want it, uh, for the sake of looking good to you. And there's not a whole lot of depth. I would almost argue it feels like a gotcha game when it comes to the villagers. Everybody wants Raymond, but why? His appearance. His dialogue is no different than anybody else's. I went and cheated uh, some amiibos to get my favorite villagers, but then they go and have the same exact dialogue as everybody else, so there's no real reason to have them other than aesthetics. Quote-unquote cute villagers have the same dialogue as quote-unquote ugly villagers. So at this point, Animal Crossing is nothing more than an aesthetic-based gotcha diorama. And of course, this is not to shit on the game or anybody who enjoys it, but it's definitely not as the same as it was 10, 15, or 20 years ago. What do you think about that, Chewie? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, definitely like a big shift in this game, I would say. Uh, me being pretty old school of a fan, I honestly agree with the parts about like, we couldn't control the whole environment before. We can terraform rivers, cliffs and everything now and choose where everybody lives, where all the buildings go. And there's while there's a lot of really cool things that you can do be, uh, from that experience it's definitely like not like the previous games so to me in a lot of what doc's saying yeah i think this is kind of a reboot of those ideas in the sense of like new horizons changes everything around by giving you such control over the environment and i mean the big thing that I think held the other aspects of this game back are, well, I guess for me, there's two things. One, the Switch hardware is just not very strong. Funny enough, like New Horizons was the first game that I felt like, man, Nintendo really needs to up their hardware game. <laughs> um, just based on like, you can literally fill your island with as much as possible and just see all of the pop in, the lag, it really starts to chug along, you know? And then the other thing that I think held the game back with the developers going so hard with this design aspect, they also went really hard with the multiplayer aspect, but not even like the online multiplayer, the local multiplayer. Sure. The fact that you can play with four characters, I've done it just to like quickly run through their mailboxes and stuff. And just doing that alone really slows the game down. But then also like you can have eight player homes on your island. So if you're wondering where the coffee shop is, <laughs> it's probably one of those unused homes that are available to you. So yeah, that stuff kind of like slowed it down and uh, what the, pr I guess, I don't know, just the whole overall world that you could build. And I think because they focused so hard on that, you know, the other aspects that people really loved and enjoyed in previous games kind of, you know, went by the wayside there. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think Doc made a lot of good points here. And it it um, it definitely got me thinking about what are the tangible differences between what I used to like about the series and, and what I liked about New Horizons, right? Because it's definitely not to say mm -hmm. that New Horizons is worse. It's just different. And I think what I'd like to see in a sequel is learning some things from the past. You know, the, all the new mm -hmm. stuff is great. Keep it. But build on it. You know, I want some yeah, more of that social yeah. stuff back. Do you think that needs a sequel? Or is, is it something that could be patched in? It could be, I but I don't think it will some of that stuff, like additional dialogue and things like that could be patched in. But yeah, I don't yeah. think it will be. N knowing Nintendo, it's going to be the next game. 
yeah. <laughs> how they mm-hmm. kind of work again. With all well, that. I think I said this last week, but when we're all like pushing forty, when we get another Animal Crossing yeah. game, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and that said, like I think in general, what we got from New Horizons is a really good skeleton to what's going to be coming up. I think New Leaf like mastered what previous Animal Crossing was. And New Horizons is just like shooting off in a new direction. So I think we're going to get some really cool things in the next games. I hope so. So uh, thanks for writing in, Doc. Let's jump into our main topic this week, uh, which is going to be the indie world highlights, as I said earlier. So uh, it's been a minute since we've had a good indie world highlight. You know, at least it feels that way. We probably got one earlier this year, but it it feels so... Yeah, we did get one. But I think the last one just didn't have anywhere near the level of slam dunks yeah. that this one had. Like this was just bam, 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 bam. Whereas I think the previous one just felt a little bit stale, a little bit slow. And it was kind of like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, things have been delayed. But this one, I think, had caught everyone by surprise. Yeah. And, like, there were some notable omissions, right? No Silk Song, no Sports Story. I think those are the ones people were really hoping to get an update on. But something I liked about it was we saw a lot of games we've seen before. And I remember the first thing I was like, Ugh. like, um, when they showed off uh, Garden Story, I was like, this is like the 10th time I've seen this game. Can you just put it out already? And they're like, it's out today. And I was like, all right, that's mm. pretty hype. Okay. <laughs> So the way they did that though it was just so casual like oh by the way Axiom Verge 2 is out today. There's like five like, games out today okay. by the way. Go ahead. Go it's grab like, it. Yeah, but Axiom yeah. Verge 2 like that was the the kind of one more thing the bit at the end of the the presentation a couple of mm-hmm. times ago it was this is the big surprise reveal that there's a sequel to this game. And then this time it was just like oh here it is in a sizzle reel like yeah this game's out today. <laughs> and yeah, it's like I mean, seven it's a games. Choice. I think it was like seven games that they put out today, which is wild. <laughs> and one of them, you know, like you were saying, Garden Story, I've been waiting for that one for so long. And I turned it on last night to play a little bit. And the soundtrack alone is a delight. I'm really liking what I'm seeing and hearing so far. So I'm just learning the game, though. It's it's very like I'm I'm still trying to get the hang of it. How far are you into it? Because I picked up Garden Story as well. I went and picked up the present, and so which was like the pickaxe. Mm-hmm. And then I've just made it back home to go to sleep. And then I was going to wake up and do something. But I just put the game down. I haven't gone back to it yet. I haven't had time. But I plan to mm-hmm. either after either after this today or, or tomorrow. Yeah, I'd say I played about 40 to 50 minutes or so. And it seemed like there was a clear, like... A tutorial i guess and then it felt like okay now i'm getting into this world and doing stuff on my own and i kind of stopped there though i i mean i played a day and died <laughs> that's a whole thing um but yeah you can die from the combat in the game i went up against way too many little rotten monster things and mm-hmm. they overwhelmed me for sure i'm just a little weak <laughs> concord grape right now <laughs> um but yeah, no, I think it took me about like 40 to 50 minutes to get through that little intro and play like my own day on my own. But already I'm seeing like, oh man, all of these things you can collect. And there's this little um, coat hanger, I guess you could call it, where you just hang out up coats and hats so you can dress up. Um, so I have nothing to dress up with. Dress up as a grape. <laughs> yeah, like, if people don't great. know you are playing as a grape in this game. And then the, every other character in the game is seemingly a piece of fruit. That was a big plum that teaches you how to do things in the game. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. 
Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of different animals. Um, a frog kind of takes you around for a bit. So, yeah, it, all the characters are really cute. The dialogue's pretty awesome so far, but the the music is a real standout for me. I just as soon as the title music started playing, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna get way too into this. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I know you were both really looking forward to it. Um, it, I don't know. It, it hasn't like I've been interested in it, but I haven't like gotten that itch to really grab it. You know, like I've uh, kind of been waiting know, to think, hear what other people think. Yeah, but I think the problem is you're not looking for a game at the moment because you are deep in Pokemon Unite, as we spoke about on the Flip Screen oh, Games yeah, podcast, and we streamed it last week. So it's kind of like I was looking for something fresh. I was waiting for something that was very much similar to like the Animal Crossing, the Stardew Valley, yeah. the Little Woods, and this is really kind of filling that hole again for me. Nice. I never yeah. played Cozy Grove, though. I really need to go play Cozy Grove. Oh, I'm loving that one. I it, It's been a couple weeks since I've played. Uh, it. You know, it's a lot like Animal Crossing, real-time clock, and you can just play whenever you like. Um, but yeah, that one, it's a delight, too. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that y'all are enjoying it so far. I'm looking forward to hearing more from you and seeing if it, if it's one that I should bite on. Um, so I guess like let's just jump into some of the other ones. You know, I, I don't there, I don't really feel like there's any real rhyme or reason in terms of like what were the most hype. I thought most of them were pretty cool. Um, so mm-hmm. I mean, things opened up with a game called uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Which um, oh, so into this when it when it's displayed, I was like, genuinely, if this wasn't an indie world, I'd have thought this was Jet Set Radio. Yeah, I one hundred percent thought this was Jet Set Radio till the end, and then it was like, this is Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, and I was like, I don't care what this is because I love Jet Set Radio on the Dreamcast, and I'm ready for something like that again. And this just looks absolutely a hundred percent like a spiritual successor to that game. Yeah, like even in the style, like it's got that kind of like low poly, you know, like yeah, low poly, cell shaded, gorgeous looking graphics. It's got, I think it's got that similar soundtrack to it. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to this one when it comes out next year. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty interested in it too. I mean, like again, I don't I don't have. Um, I don't have that history with Jet Set Radio. I've never, I've never tried it, so like I don't necessarily have the nostalgia for it. But it looks fun. Like it looks like a fun kind of extreme sports graffiti. I don't know. Like I, I can't quite place my finger on it. But something yeah. about the aesthetic speaks to me. It's kind of like a game of the era, I would say. It very much feels like that Tony Hawk's Underground, yeah. where you go around, you're doing the spray painting, and you you've got those challenges to do. Meanwhile, you can do like tricks and grinding and things like that. That was the big thing with Jet Set Radio because it was all on roller skates, on rollerblades. Right. Um, whereas this one, I think I saw a skateboard in the trailer as well. The one guy one was like just running around, look doing like parkour and mm-hmm. stuff. It looks like there are maybe some different options mm-hmm. depending on the character. Maybe they got Heelys. <laughs> oh, you're on to something there, Julie. <laughs> so uh, we already talked about this one, but um, we also got the announcement that Axiom Verge 2 was launching on Switch that day. Uh, obviously a big, Mad. big announcement. Um, you know, Chewie, how are you with Metroidvanias? Are you a fan of Metroidvanias? I actually played my first one just like a month or two ago, like right Super at the beginning Metroid, of the right? summer. Yeah, Super Metroid. I went through it and I I was like kind of blown away actually by that game. I was surprised right. that there was this whole little um story thing. Like right away it hits you with like story, here's where we are, here's what's happening and I was like, "Dang, this is just like 
they should make a Metroid movie. This sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I played through it. I will say I played it on the Switch like SNES app, you know, and I don't think I would have liked it as much just because like the save points are kind of like archaic in that game. I'm just like, I wish I could save in any room and just stop wherever. And that's basically what you can do with like the suspend points on that app, you know? So I'm, I had another friend who was playing through like um, Samus Returns on their 3DS and they basically said, man, I'd go like an hour without seeing a save point. I'd die and have to play that whole hour again. And I was like, I just yeah, wouldn't play that game. <laughs> I know. I would literally drop it and just be like, I don't think I feel like ever doing that again. <laughs> so I, uh, so that helped with Super Metroid. Um, but I thought it was cool. The art style is really funky like this real like cyber creepy stuff going on and so axiom verge definitely feels like it's giving off that vibe and everything so it's uh, i'm more interested now I, I think now since i've dipped my toes i'm like oh maybe i should try it out a little bit more but you know i'm probably gonna try hollow knight next and i don't know if it'll be the That's same the after one, that yeah. one <laughs> I don't know. People that love Metroid seem to really love Axiom Verge. It was like a mm-hmm. huge yeah. thing. It was like a return to form for 2D Metroidvania games. But having said that, I know everyone seems to love Hollow Knight. I implore you to check out Carrion. It's mm. an amazing game. Very good twist on a Metroidvania. You play a monster. It's awesome. Uh, I'm not massively into Metroidvanias, as people have listened to our stuff before will know. But mm-hmm. I just absolutely adored Carrion. Well, we'll definitely awesome. be talking about Axiom Verge 2 at some point in the future because I invited a friend of the show, Max Wright, uh, to come on and talk about it when he's finished with it. So we'll have to, maybe Chewy, maybe you start playing it. We'll have a whole, we'll talk all about yeah, yeah. all about these Metroidvanias and what, whatever these kids like about them. <laughs> uh, but speaking of a game that I am, I'm personally um, a little bit more hyped for uh, is Eastward. So we got another look at that. Oh. Um, this is a game that I feel like we've been looking at forever. Like uh, I remember Steve tweeted about it. Um, Mac, Max, um, who I was just talking about, did a preview of this for Loot Pots. Like it feels like four years ago or something. It feels like forever ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was two two years ago. They showed it off at EGX. I think it was twenty either twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, um, and that was kind of like the first time it was publicly playable. And then since then, it's just been just little tidbits of trailers. Right. We got that big kind of IGN look at it a couple of weeks back. And then now, finally, we get that release date that is coming out next month. And I cannot cannot wait to pick up Eastwood. Yeah, this was another one of those games where, like, when they showed it off, I was like, I don't want to see more of this game. I'm in already. <laughs> right, you know, like, yeah. please stop showing me it. I just, just tell me when it's ready. And then they're like, oh, it's coming out in September. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm down for, I'm down but for also, that. Yeah, but also like every trailer you see it and I just feel like still, I don't know what this is, but I know I'm interested. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yes. I don't think it like really mattered if you saw more of it, but I have been looking at this one forever. It looks beautiful. I'm watching it like scroll through on my screen right now and I'm just like, yeah, yeah everything that's going on with these aesthetics I, I'm into. The art and the lighting is just insane. Yeah. It's got such a vibe to it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm super interested in it. I I can't wait to get my hands on it. I do wish it wasn't coming out in September. Like, 
There are so many <laughs> games this fall. It feels like that's not the best time for it. I could easily see it getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't feel like there's anything that uh, that early September though. There is it, though. Like, it's like Life is Strange is out that same October, week. Far Cry is out that it's, same. It, Life is Strange isn't out on Switch that week though. That's so true. If you're, if you you know if you're um, only on Switch, maybe pick this up instead. That's true. Same as Far Cry on other platforms. Yeah. Yeah, I you're think right. WarioWare is around there. It's a, it's like a few days. Yeah, it's 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 a oh, pack. Oh, oh. Like September, October <laughs> are very packed this year. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? I I think I picked this up over WarioWare just until wow. I'm back with my family because there's oh, no yeah, online yeah. multiplayer in WarioWare. Steve, you got to pick up like, WarioWare though. You got to have yeah. first impressions on it. You're the WarioWare stan on this show. I do you know? want. Yeah, you're true. Yeah, that is true. I don't know. Chewie's probably gonna fight me out for that that position. <laughs> I think. I love. I'll tell them. you what. I'm um, not getting it day one. So one of you two better get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got it pre-ordered. You don't have to worry. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm glad I can count on you two. All right. So another game uh, that was a follow-up. This is one we've seen before, but I'm I'm really loving the look of it more and more. The more we see it, is uh, Toem, which oh. is um, it's a black and white game. It's about being you're like this little. I mean, you kind of look like a little lizard guy or something. I'm not quite sure. Like mm-hmm. a little salamander. And it's all about you like taking pictures and helping people like all around these different like little towns and kind of like helping them solve like some of their personal problems. And I don't know. It, it, it just looks really charming. Like it is one of those games where like I have a hard time really understanding what like the moment to moment is going to feel like sometimes I think. But mm-hmm. it definitely feels like it's a photography game kind of meets like a social puzzle game, you know, where it's like about solving like, okay, this person needs help. What is the thing I can take a picture of to help them out? Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I, I like the look of it. Do you know, this kind of, this kind of game very much is what I would consider a holiday game. I would buy this, go on holiday with like no internet for a week and just play mm-hmm. this this game. It's that kind of game that I would play. I did that kind of thing with uh, Wonder Song, which very much the aesthetic of this reminds me of Wonder Song, especially the text and the solving the puzzles and things like that. And Wonder Song had that dynamic of using music to solve the puzzles. This uses a camera to solve yeah. the puzzles, so it kind of feels quite similar in that regard as well. Yeah, and I I remember seeing another game. I think it was during like a wholesome direct or something, but it just gave me like, oh man, Pokemon Snap, but we just walk around and do our own thing too. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm into that. <laughs> I think for me, more than anything, it's the art style of it. Like just the the vibe of it is really like comfortable. Like it's got this like pen and paper meets 3D kind of vibe. And it just feels unique. You know, I, I it feels like a world I want to explore. Mm-hmm. So uh, this game, this game broke my damn heart. So uh, <laughs> the next game I want to talk about is Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, which uh, this is not the first time we've seen about it. Um, we've seen this game a few times already. They did that big like Shovel Knight direct or whatever. I forget what they called it a couple. You know, it's like last year at some point. And, um, you know, it's it's a it's a Shovel Knight puzzler. You know, um, Mm -hmm. I love puzzle games. I love Shovel Knight. This game very much is up my alley. 
And it was the first game that they showed after they're like, here's five games you've seen a million times and they're all out today. And then they showed this and I was like, oh, my God, tell me this is out today. Tell me this is out today and I'm going to buy it right away. And then they're like, no, 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 it's coming out in the holiday. And I'm like, okay. It's not long, like, no, it's know, not. Three months, it's three months it's and fine. then you'll be playing it. It's fine. It's also one of those things, like you said, I don't need another game right now. So this, that's okay. <laughs> This is also the kind of game I want on mobile. I, I don't play this kind of game on Switch. I know you bought um, Grindstone yeah. on Switch, but that these puzzle games to me are always mobile games. I just don't like playing games on my phone. This might, this might be the first Shovel Knight game I play. <laughs> I don't know. Can I saw it and I was just like... I have not played a Shovel Knight, but I was like, oh, man, Shovel Knight is kind of dope. You should really pick up Shovel Knight, too. You like platformers. Yeah, I, I think it's the best platformer in the last, I don't know, 10 years, maybe. Yeah, like, I do. Uh, I don't know how it's kind of like just skipped over my game library. I've never picked it up. But this one, I was just like, man, this looks like a really cool puzzle game. I don't know. I, I love puzzle games, too. I know we're going to probably talk about Tetris in a little bit, but... Yeah, the, about that one next literally next. Like, oh yeah, literally. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I would it be bad if this is my first shovel night? Like, just start here. I wouldn't say. I don't think so. I wouldn't say it's bad. Like, if you want to play the game, play the game. But I will say it's in. It's coming out in the holiday. You've got a solid amount of time to play through shovel yeah, night. Yeah. Like, if you, like, like, what's the hardest platformer you've played? Um, I mean, I've gotten through Celeste. So, and that pick was up Shovel tough, Knight. So. You'll you'll yeah, demolish yeah. it then. Yeah, Celeste is way harder. <laughs> awesome. Shovel Knight is hard, but it's not Celeste hard. Um, I, I I have beat it on uh, New Game Plus, which is definitely a lot tougher. Um, mm-hmm. But Shovel Knight is one of my favorite games. Like, it's one of those games that like probably every other year I'll just re-download it and be like, I'm going to beat this again. You know, I'm just going to tr- like start you, it. You've got to guess what platform Pete plays this on, Joey. What's my preferred oh, guess. to play it on? I, yeah. Oh, I don't even know. It's like one specific platform. <laughs> it's pretty sacrilegious to bring it up on this, this show, on. I think. But It's really um, strange. <laughs> I'll tell you. I have no idea. Is it on 3DS? <laughs> it is on 3DS. That's, I think, <laughs> where it first 3DS. came out, actually. Yeah. You play it but, there. Oh, okay. I like to play it on the PlayStation Vita. Oh. <laughs> you know, the console awesome. that died so the Switch could run. Um, yeah, I love it on the Vita. Love it on the Vita. That's where I played it the first time. And uh, love going back to it. So uh, you should play Shovel Knight. <laughs> anyway, uh, so speaking of puzzlers, like you said, Chewy, uh, we got the announcement that Tetris Effect Connected is coming to Nintendo Switch. Um have you both played this? I know, Steve, you've played it, right? Yes. No. Yes. Chewy. Oh, it's phenomenal. This game Chewy. is amazing. Phenomenal. I've only played this game for like an hour or so because the first time I played it, uh, I don't remember if Sarah was not home or if she was busy or something, but I was like, I just, I downloaded it on Game Pass and was like, I'm going to try this on a whim. And Steve had told me how visual it was, that you have to play it with headphones. So it was one of the first games I tried on my 3D headphones uh, from my PS5. Um, even though mm-hmm. I was playing it on Xbox. <laughs> and I turned all the lights off, was just sitting in front of my like big 50-inch TV or whatever, and uh, like just was like, I'm going to try to get in this as much as I can. I kid you not, within the first level that I had, the first board I had done, I had goosebumps from the top of my head to my toes. 
Like literally, <laughs> that first track is killer. It's so as well, that first one, it's such an oral experience. Like you really like. It's almost like like when you you know like when you go to a concert and it hits you right and you get goosebumps. Like it's like that, mm-hmm. which is insane because it's a Tetris game. Everyone should play Tetris uh, Effect. It's fantastic. It's That's such amazing. a good game. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait, Pete, because we still haven't tried any of it. The online stuff they added to connect it. Because I, I know, know the original Tetris Effect was VR. Then it came to PS4. Then it came to Xbox and added this connected stuff. And the the like competitive zone mode where you can like team up with someone else. You got to stream that. Kind of take on. Oh, I get. Yeah, I think we really should. I, I I love Tetris Effect. I love Tetris. Same. And this just takes Tetris to like another level. It's really, really It's cool. one of those things where you're like, how can you make Tetris fresh again? And it's like, you know what, you sons of bitches, you figured it out. You found a way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's take a look at another game uh, that I'm thinking is looking pretty good, which is Metal Slug Tactics. Um, this is... Uh, I am so torn about this game. So I don't know if you all have seen the news about what had kind of gone on with the parent company, you know, and like its connections to... Um, uh, some pretty unsavory governments. <laughs> uh, there's like mm. a whole, it's a whole thing I don't really want to get into in the purview of this conversation, but I, I really want to play this game. I love tactics games and I think this looks incredible and I'm so bummed that there's this like weird moral quandary around me wanting to pick it up. Just, I mean, I would say play it. It's not made by SNK. They're just, they just licensed the assets from SNK at this point. Um, and I adore Metal Slug. It's my favorite arcade game. It's about all really? I play on my arcade machine. Yeah, I love <laughs> I didn't Metal know Slug. That. You pick up a machine gun and it goes, heavy machine gun. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so to be able to play Metal Slug in a different format. And we saw this at, um, the, at Jeff Keighley's event mm-hmm. at E3. Well, not E3, before E3. And we were kind of like, what's this? And then it was revealed. We didn't know what platforms it was coming to, and I think everyone was just hoping and praying it was coming to Switch and to have the yeah. confirmation. It really feels at home on the Switch. Pixel art is so nuts. It's such a pretty looking oh, yeah. game, which makes no it looks sense. So because good. Metal Slug is not a pretty. Fr- I wouldn't. I don't think pretty when I think Metal Slug, but I just <laughs> I love the way this game looks. The style is so insane. Yeah, and just like you, I am so into tactics games, and I'm just like, oh man, I. I need something like that right now. I feel like, yeah. you know, it, I played Fire Emblem, what, like a year ago Three now? years we'll ago now, it, yeah. Finally. <laughs> no, I, I beat it way too late. It, it okay. was a, a long game for me. <laughs> yeah, um, you put like a, so much time into that game. <laughs> my single run, I think, was like a hundred and something hours. So it, it takes me a while to play with those. Um, but yeah, just looking at this, it has everything that I'm looking for in a tactics game. So for sure. I think it looks great. Have you played Into the Breach, either of you? No, I know I should, though. It definitely is my jam. You definitely should, yeah, because Into the Breach very much has a similar aesthetic to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really, really cool game. It was one of the first games I I reviewed over at uh, Loot Pots, actually. It's a really, really uh, good game. I'll say this. uh, If you like this kind of game, Chewy, a a game, like an older indie game that's definitely worth checking out is uh, Wargroove. I loved Wargroove a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. So good, isn't it? So good. We need to play multiplayer on it. Yes, I would love that. I've been thinking <laughs> about going back and playing it, 
but now, but I've been like, ah, do I want to though? Because like, you know, Advance Wars is Advance Wars is right around the corner, and we've got uh, you know, we're just talking about this, right? So I'm like, "Mm, we've got some hot tactic games on the horizon, so maybe I just hold off. But I, yo, Mm -hmm. if you want to go like head to head in a stream or something, I would definitely be down for that. That could be fun. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, so then we got to look at a game called Far Changing Tides. Uh, this was the announcement trailer. It's it's set to come to Switch in 2022. Um, I know this is the... Uh, they like had an interview with the developer. They were saying that this is like the latest in this universe and everything. I'm not, not yeah. familiar with the original. Um, the f- it's, it's the follow-up to Far Lone Sales. Lone Sales, okay. um, which Which came out on the Switch in 2019. Uh, but again, not something I've played. I think they're just like uh, side-scrolling kind like, of adventure. They kind of remind me of like... Um, mm-hmm. Like an Inside. Yeah, yeah Inside or, or what's that other Play Dead game? The one before that with the... Limbo. Yeah, yeah, Limbo. Thank you. Um, mm. It definitely gave me that vibe. I got to say, it's really not this game's fault. But as soon as this came up, I was like, this is too real. You know, like, I don't really <laughs> want to play a game about how the world was destroyed by an environmental collapse. It's like... Uh, I think that's kind of the point, though, isn't it? That, that's the kind of the point of the first game. That seems to be the point of this this second game. That we destroyed the planet, and you're just left living in, you know, our mistakes. Right, and I'm just saying, like, I, there's a non-zero chance that's my reality in the next couple of years. I don't, mm, <laughs> you know, I maybe pass on that one for me. It's the same reason I fell off Resident Evil 2 when I was playing it at the beginning of the pandemic, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't want to play a game about a virus outbreak. <laughs> go oh i want to go back to that game i love resident evil 2 so. i was really enjoying it until the world made it too depressing <laughs> uh but speaking of a game that um i've heard a lot about anyway um that i was excited to see get announced was uh was loop hero so um loop hero i know came to pc i think earlier this year or maybe it was like late last year but I've, I've definitely heard some good buzz about it it's got a really cool art style and like I definitely like the tactical management type games. Like this definitely seems like a thing that I think actually probably all three of us I could see easily getting into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it definitely feels like the game I want to play with a mouse. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the PC was the right place for this game to launch and I'm glad that this has come to to Switch cuz I've really been wanting to check it out and I don't really play games on PC as as you know. Um I've heard so much about this and how, like, essentially you put cards down and they have repercussions and then things happen and then mm-hmm. they build and you, you, uh, I think it, it, well, it is a loop and the same things happen again and again and you have to kind of learn and, and put the, the cards down as you collect them and things like that. Uh, it's meant to be ridiculously addictive and I can see myself getting caught in that loop very, very easily. Yeah, I think <laughs> so too. Yeah, I could see it for sure. It's got, that same kind of like gritty, dark pixel art y feel that I don't know, I've just been digging it lately. It's got a cool art style to it. Yeah, for sure. Do you know, it reminds me of the art and this is like the the deepest of deep cuts that no one will ever understand. Probably no one outside of my family. There was a board game, not really a board game, but like you put cards down and it was called Wizard's Cavern. And it's like a <laughs> 1970s, 1980s game that we played when we were kids. And the art style reminds me so much of Wizard's Cavern. That's so specific. <laughs> I <know. laughs> I've never heard of it. So uh, 
while we're talking about art style, I want to talk about a game with an art style that I found really, truly disturbing, uh, and that is uh, Boyfriend Dungeon. So <laughs> we, uh, we this is not the first we've seen of this game. I believe we saw it in another indie presentation. Um, we did, yeah. But something about seeing it this time and seeing just the... the um, not like the in-game stuff, but like the character drawings that you'll see a lot in like visual novel or like dating sim style games. I, something about the art style is really like unsettling to me for some reason. I don't know. No, like, you don't I, like it. I really can't place my finger on it, but I, it's given me like a kind of an uncanny valley vibe somehow. And I, I, it's really hard for me to articulate it, but they just make me uncomfortable. Like right now on screen, uh, we just had the part where I think her name is, uh, yeah, Valeria, and she winks at you, and I'm like, no, 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 I don't like See, that. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. These these people very much remind me of like a riff on the Hades characters. Mm-hmm. I, I I really that's I fair. Really like the the I like the the drawn art style. I don't like the kind of gameplay art style when you're running mm-hmm. around in the dungeons. That bit doesn't look great to me. Um, but you know, I'm not going to judge this game before I've, I've had a chance to play it. This is on Game Pass as well, so I'm playing it there. I'll watch you stream. Um, it. Okay, fair I enough. Sc- I, I'm just very, very much looking forward to take a take a sword out on a date, like it's something I've always wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, just, okay, just date my weapon. I respect that. I respect <laughs> that. Uh, so, speaking of another game with an odd premise, uh, Necro Barista Final Pour is coming to Nintendo Switch. This is, um, I'm just going to read the description because I got to tell you, I watched this trailer multiple times and I'm still not sure what this game is about. <laughs> Do you know why that you don't know what this game is, Pete? Did you see who published this game? No. Your old pals, Coconut Island. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> yes, Coconut they did. I- Okay, well, I'm going to say this then and uh, I don't want to speak out of turn. Like, nothing against Necrobarista. Every Coconut Island game that I have uh, every port <laughs> that they've done that I reviewed was one of the worst experiences I had playing a video game. And I mean that without hyper uh, hyperbole. If you want to go check out the reviews I did on Loot Pots, about three of them were Coconut Island games, and they were all not great. They kept sending me codes, even though I gave all their games bad reviews. And I, was I like, don't know why. It was like the- I just remember some of the stuff. It was like the translations didn't work. The game bugged out. There was like a whole host of problems. Rough. But, you know, you never know. It was rough. It might be fine with ne- Necrobarista because this is like a director's cut of an original game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they might fix that. Hopefully. Yeah. And it, uh, the, it's it's about a cafe where the dead are granted one last night to mingle with the living. So it's like an interesting premise. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. so, something about the the like dialogue and like the way that the story was delivered, I th- I found odd. It, yeah, it didn't appeal to me. I'll, I'll yeah. put it that way. Yeah, I don't know. For me, the visuals were pretty odd. I, I think the first character we saw, I I could not take it seriously for a second, just because like they, yeah, they zoomed out. She's like cross-eyed and these kinda, really dramatic faces. Yeah, I was like, what are they going for with the? I don't know. I was thrown off. I don't know what it is either. I was into the drawing faces on things because I've missed that since Animal Crossing on the GameCube. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring back Blanca. Sure. <laughs> uh, so the next game we're going to talk about, I actually almost bought last night um, so I could have uh, some impressions on it today, but I, I decided to play Mario Golf instead. So I'll have some thoughts on that on Flip Screen Games uh, next week. So go check that out. 
But uh, Islanders Console Edition is coming mm. to Nintendo Switch. Uh, this is super my vibe. I really like uh, city civilization builders. Um, it looks like it has a nice flow. Yeah, I don't know. This uh, this did it for me. I'm I'm interested to see what you think about it because I was like I was on the eShop and I'm like, do I want to buy Garden Story or do I want to buy Islanders? And I just couldn't decide between the two. And ultimately. I knew that I was so excited about Garden Story and I knew very little about Islanders, even though the trailer intrigued me. So mm-hmm. I picked up Garden Story. I Same thing for me. <laughs> I was looking... I think I liked Islanders a little bit better in motion, like through the trailer, like seeing the screenshots. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. So I, I'm back and forth on it, but I mean, it's five bucks, so it's not like an incredibly big buy-in for that so but same as you it seemed interesting i really like those type of games too where you're just like building a city and this one seemed like it had the the point structure intrigued me where it wasn't quite like free build type of mode it's like oh you have to earn your buildings and it gave me more of a board game vibe with that so yeah i could see Mm -hmm. that almost like a tan or something Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm really waiting for Townscaper before I go in on one of these sure. like city builders. I think I just I've been excited about playing that for ages. <laughs> so let me get a sizzle reel of a bunch of games. Uh, Slime Rancher Portable Plort- <laughs> Edition I thought was cute. Um, is available now on Switch. Uh, Astroneer got announced. Um, we got Curious Expedition Two, which I thought looked pretty interesting. It's like a turn-based RPG or like a dice-based one, and there's like all these monsters and dinosaurs and stuff. It's got a weird art style, but um, definitely interesting. Oh, I love the art style on this. It reminds me a lot of EverQuest, which was this old Flash browser-based game <laughs> that I used to play when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. Um, it very much reminds me of that. But yeah, it seems pretty cool. Like there's like resource management. I don't know. I could see I could see myself getting into this. Um, but it's out today, so that doesn't bode well for me ever trying it. Uh, And then we got to look at 100 Days, which is a winemaking simulator. Uh, Gang Beast is coming to Switch. Gang Beast is one of my favorite multiplayer games in the last couple of years. It looks great. Um, And then uh, Lumberjack, which was another one that I I definitely thought looked cute. Um, It's like an environmental puzzle. So many games with bears lately, and I'm just like all for it. it. I love bears. They're an underrepresented uh, animal in video games. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, so I, I think most of those sizzle reel games look solid. I don't want to talk about them too much because the fact that they're sizzle reel games mean we'll probably see them five more times before they come out, um, mm-hmm. except for the ones that are already out today, which are old games. So, um, yeah, I overall, really, really strong Indie World, I thought. Um, they had a really, really good showing. I was interested in many of the games that they showed off, and I, I think you'd be pretty hard-pressed to like walk away from this and not be interested in at least one of these games. If you like indies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I messaged you guys all right after. And I was just like, all caps, everything I wrote. And I was like, how can I more caps this all cap? (laughs) So (laughs) I can express how much more excited I am already. So yeah, for me, there was a lot of stuff that I was just like, man, all these things coming out today. What are they trying to do to me? (laughs) So bankrupt real quick before we get uh, onto the next topic, I do want to pull a question from the the question block. This one came from Trendy Brandy, one of our Patreon supporters, wrote in and said, Slime Rancher just dropped on Switch. What's your favorite slime character? 
like Mario's Gooigi, Dragon Quest Slime, Kirby's Gooey, or Zelda's Choo Choo. I'm going to go with uh, Muck and Grimer <laughs> from Pokemon. Oh. Because yeah. they're nasty, I, slimy uh, boys, I, but I love them. <laughs> I felt bad like taking it from Brandy's list, but it's absolutely the Dragon Quest you slime. You love the slime. Every time I see that goofy face on the Dragon Quest slime, it makes me smile all the time. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I always wanted the Dragon Quest slime PS Vita. I just never <laughs> bit the bullet and bought it. Does the like little hanging nose drip from that kid in Wind Waker count as a slime? <laughs> that absolutely counts. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm giving that, it to that's you. That's my favorite. I love that. I love that choice. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the news. Uh, we got a story that actually just dropped earlier today that I have to bring up uh, because it pertains to our main topic on Flip Screen Games this week where we talked about our predictions and we checked in on them. One of which from Steve is about how GTA 5 was going to get ported to the Nintendo Switch. And of course, today, uh, I I won't say the confirmation, but we got uh, that rumor. There's been a rumor circling for a while that we were going to get a remastered collection of the PS2 era Grand Theft Auto games. So, of course, GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, uh, some fan favorites, Mm -hmm. of course. It's long rumored. Take Two, the parent company of Rockstar, has talked about how they were working on three other remastered games. Uh, Now, Kotaku has heard from their sources that this is the case, that these games exist. And uh, this is a quote from the article. It says, uh, while Kotaku can't confirm what all those T's remastered titles specifically are, we can confirm via corroborating details from three sources that GTA remasters are currently in the final stages of development. So they're supposed to be coming this fall to Switch, PS5, and Xbox. Um, and then according to Kotaku's sources, there's a couple, couple little details uh, that all of these games are being remastered using the Unreal Engine, and it'll be a mix of new and old graphics. Uh, one source who claims to have seen some of the games says that it looks a lot like a heavily modded version of a classic GTA title. And then uh, the UI is going to be updated as well, but it's going to try to retain the same classic style. And then similarly on gameplay, there's been no details, but Kotaku has been told that the titles are trying to stay true to the PS2 era games as much as possible. So I wanted to bring this up because, like I said, uh, you know, Steve had his his prediction about GTA GTA 5. And I just wanted to say, suck it. What's up? You lose. I, I really thought it was going to happen. Like, I really thought we were going to get some GTA on Switch. And I just, di- I didn't think it was going to be a remastered collection. I, you know. Hey, ho, I'm happy to get any GTA. Staying in the game. Switch That's all point. I'm saying. If you, if you had been yeah. right about this one, I was done. There was no way I'm winning. We now you got yeah, this. It's absolutely. I'm still in the game. Still in the game, folks. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you two see who was developing these, allegedly? Uh, it was one of the Rockstar Dundee. Dundee, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it was like a it was a Rockstar imprint I've never heard of. Yeah, yeah, because it's brand new. Cool. It was formerly known as Ruffian Games. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. Developers of Crackdown Two. Oh, okay. And Assistant Studio on Crackdown Three, the Master Chief Collection. All right, nice. Take Two bought them in October. That's cool. And um, put them on this, I guess. Huh. Not a bad use of their time. Um, I don't know about you, uh, you two, but um, these are my favorite GTAs. Like I enjoyed GTA Five when it came out and everything, but um, I have such nostalgia specifically for Vice City. Um, I love that soundtrack. I- love Miami in the '80s. 
all coked up and crazy yeah. and neon and that game is wild and stupid and fun. <laughs> I've I've never played any of these. I've only ever played the PSP ones. Really? So Liberty mm. City Stories oh. and Vice City Stories. So I'm looking forward to if too. this is true playing some of these. I've only played like a few here and there, like at friends' houses and stuff. But my favorite memory is sometimes my mom would just like watch me play video games, and the ones she gets most into are like GTA. <laughs> oh, really? Where you're just like that was not where I overly... thought that story was gonna go. <laughs> No, she's like sitting here cheering for me. She's like, shoot that person. Yeah, kill that <laughs> they, cop. Steal their car. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Exactly. Hell yeah, so, mom. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. So I don't know. I I just remember that in like some really uh, Mortal Kombat-esque fighting game where she was just like super into it. That's so funny. <laughs> wow. I had like the My mom was so opposite. dead against this. Yeah. With this, because like I, um, my parents have were always supportive of me playing games. There was like never a problem with that. I never really had limitations on it, um, mm-hmm. and it was whatever. But uh, one of my best friends when I was a kid got GTA three and brought it over, and we're playing it, and and me and him were like having a blast. We're like laughing our asses off, screaming like this is so fun. And my dad comes and pokes his head in, and he's like, "Oh, it sounds like you guys are having fun. What are you playing?" Um, cause he had like a casual interest in video games at least. Right. Um, and would always like talk mm-hmm. to me about them and, um, got really addicted to a few games. Uh, and he watched for like two seconds and was like, um, he's like, what is this rated? And I was like, oh, uh, uh, uh it's T, it's T for, for T. And he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and we're immediately just like, yeah, wow. no, you can't play this game. Like, what are you doing? You're like eight years old or 10 years old, whatever I was. You can't play Grand Theft Auto. So then I just played it at my friend's house and continued to play it at any given opportunity. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I I really think like children and teenagers are their biggest market. I yeah. don't think many adults like are, are going and playing GTA on the regular. I really do think it's teenagers. I th- I think yeah, that's definitely a huge part of the market for sure. And I mean GTA Five could not have sold the way it has if new younger kids weren't buying it all the time. You know. Mm-hmm. Or just they just released it on three generations of consoles, which they will I mean, now yeah, have but done. You still gotta people still gotta buy it, right? Like to your point, if True. it is mostly younger yeah. folks, it's not the old person that bought it on Xbox three sixty already PS3, got it. right? You yeah. already bought it. I bought that or I didn't buy it, I played my roommate's copy, whoops. Um but I played that <laughs> game in twenty thirteen and I've never touched it again and have never had the thought to go back to it, you know? Um but some folks play GTA online like crazy, all that stuff, so uh, but we got another question from Trendy Branding, uh, one of our Patreon supporters, who uh, wrote in again and said, I've been dying for San Andreas on Switch. And assuming the rumor is true, do you think the cheat system will be left intact? I want to fly my cars around and get a huge star rating right out of the box. I definitely think they will. Um, for starters, I'm pretty sure GTA Five has those same cheats. Um, it absolutely does. You use the mobile phone and you yeah, dial certain okay, specific phone numbers. And then, like, you just all of a sudden the tank spawns yeah. out of the sky and you can just ride that anyway. So it's like the fact that Grand Theft Auto is one of the games that still has cheats. Uh, yeah, take it to the bank that the original cheats are still going to be in there. And for what it's worth, I still have them all memorized from muscle memory. R2, R2, L1, R2, left, down, right, up, left, down, right, up. That's how you get all the weapons. There you go. Well, <laughs> I think it's the max level weapons. It depends on the game. So, but uh, yeah. I'm really excited to replay these games. <laughs> it's going to be fun. 
All right, so let's jump into the question block. We got a couple other questions we got time to get through um, before we have to jump for a stream. So if anybody wrote in and we don't get to your question today, don't worry about it. We'll save it for next week. Uh, so let's jump into this one. This one comes from Wakahula, another one of our Patreon producers who wrote in and said, Shin Megami Tensei's five, Shin Megami Tensei fives release is so close. That's the game I've been most excited about since the first announcement. Have you tried any Shin Megami Tensei games before? And will you play this one after you enjoyed Persona 5 so much? So I'm assuming that one's for me. Uh, thanks for writing in, Wakahula. Um, I'm definitely going to try it. Yeah, I've never played Shin Megami Tensei. I'd never played Persona before Persona 5. Um, but I loved Persona 5, and obviously Shin Megami Tensei is kind of the parent series, so yeah, I'm excited to give it a shot. I don't know that I'm as excited, because a big part of the thing that I liked in Persona is the social sim and the, the extended cast of characters, and this seems like you're focused on one character and maybe a little bit more gameplay-oriented, but I also really love turn-based battles, so mm-hmm. I think there'll be something for me here, even if I don't love it, or fall in love with it, I guess I should say, quite as much as Persona. Yeah, and I want to say that was a really long wait to be most excited for this because I think they announced it during like the 2017 January before the switch was out yeah the whole reveal thing so that's a long wait um I have played I forget which one it was on 3ds a Shin Megami Tensei and I just remember it being very very difficult I don't think I've ever played like a turn-based game that was quite that hard um but the systems are really cool like uh basically coaxing the demons so they can be on your side you appeal to whatever they like and then you get more and more and you start fusing them together and it's a really cool system that i'm just like man there are so many demons out there that you can collect and everything um yeah, so I don't know. I think it'll be cool. Uh, I remember somebody mentioning, like, maybe this could be the game that gets people into Shin Megami Tensei in, like, mass numbers like Persona did. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it will, just based on, like, how difficult they are. And that I don't know if it has that, like, social sim stuff, like you were saying. Right. Um, but I do think, like, if people uh, want, like, a really challenging turn-based game, like, this is going to be it. I do. Yeah. So I'm going to try it. <laughs> yeah, you should try it. Uh, I kind of think that if if any game's getting people into Shin Megami Tensei 5, it's Persona 5, because they'll have played Persona 5 and gone, mm-hmm. I really like this, I want more of it. Oh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is by the same people. I'll pick that up and I'll give it a try, because it's got very much sim- similar traits. Like, the system, in terms of um, merging demons and things together, very much the same as Persona 5's. Conversation so system like, with the demons, like yeah. that's all the same. Mm-hmm. I guess, I, well, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll definitely have some thoughts about it. Um, it's, again, a game coming out at a weird time, right around the same time as Pokemon. Not great for me, but I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to play it. All right, so speaking of Persona 5, this one comes from Zade, another one of our Patreon producers who wrote in and said, Hey, Noise Gang. First off, glad to see Chewie join one of the shows full-time. I've always thought very highly of his punditry, and I'm excited to see the dynamic you three share over the course of the show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, my question touches back onto what you guys said at the end of the debut episode of Nintendo Noise regarding a potential Zelda remaster collection. Do you think the reason we haven't got much traction on a pot- on potential ports of Wind Waker, Twilight Princess HD, or Ocarina of Time slash Majora's Mask 3DS is because Nintendo could have another project to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Zelda besides Skyward Sword and the aforementioned ports? Like potentially a new pseudo 2D styled Zelda game like Link's Awakening? 
Or maybe they're planning the Oracles of Ages games for the Nintendo Online service, and that's why they won't port those games to Switch. Most of them came out fairly recently, and that's why I assume they won't bring them over. Uh, the flip screen games platform's number one heist man, hype man, excuse me, homeowner, Zadita. I I mean, you, you could just say homeowner, and that's a huge <laughs> title right there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty baller. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's why. I don't I think if anything it's because Skyward Sword is out and they want to give that room to sell. Yeah. Um and you don't want to crowd the market with too many games at all at once. Um why they haven't released them before now, I have no idea. I've never thought that made much sense. They're done. Uh, Put them on Switch. Know, I kind of feel I kind of feel that they were waiting for the 35th anniversary and I wonder if it was the same timeline as the Mario year where you know, Mario 3D World released earlier in the year and then they had a little bit of breathing room, let that one sell. And then we got the reveal of the uh, All-Stars collection. Maybe that was their plan. You know, you release Skyward Sword in, say, March, April time. You announce in June at E3 that there's going to be this this collection of games. And then you release that as a timed thing to take takes through to the end of the year. You know, we know there's been tons of delays because of the pandemic or things just get shifted around. I could kind of see that that was the that that would have been the the situation. I do also think there's another 2D Zelda game in the making. I agree with I that. I always think there's I don't think it's coming out this there's year. There's something though. that Grezza needs to work on. No, it's definitely I don't think there's any other Zelda game coming out this year. Yeah, I really don't. I agree. I'm taking a new matter's word when he said that that's all the plans they have. Like Nintendo yeah. will will likely or not likely they will often dodge questions and be like oh we don't have anything to announce at this time but they rarely will be like this is what we're doing and then do the opposite right so well yeah exactly it's not like someone asked him a question like is are there any more Zelda games coming out and he, him going we haven't got any plans right. or, or I can't talk about our plans it's like he explicitly said this is the last game you know we're at, we haven't got any more games for the 35th anniversary it was a game on watch yep. like ha- have that instead right yeah I I just believe they're really focused on Breath of the Wild too. whatever the sequel is they're working on that because they know it's very rare. Actually, I don't think it's ever happened before this one, but it's very... Breath of the Wild soul outsold Mario Odyssey, and that never happens. A Zelda game does not sell outsell a Mario game, so I think they're really focused on that. And, yeah. you know, like you were saying, too, coronavirus definitely shifted plans. They had to move things around. They've probably moved... They've probably had to rework how they're developing games quite a bit behind the scenes, and we just don't know it, just based on like what I've heard about how a lot of Japan, and especially Nintendo in general, they do not like people taking their IP like outside of the office. And so if they're limiting how many people are working in the office based on the situation, they're probably shifting out how people are working on it and just like projects they had in mind based on the personnel they had in the office to work on things are going to shift for that. So yeah, yeah, to me, I think they're really focused on the game that's going to be huge for them that they're probably aiming for next year. I mean, they're definitely aiming for it to release next year. Hopefully they hit that goal. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know 
if that also pushes their schedule too, where they're like, oh yeah, these games are done. Like we have uh, Wind Waker HD, we have Twilight Princess HD. I'm pretty surprised they're not out yet, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, it makes sense to push those to a time where they're like, oh, we have a gap in our calendar here. Let's wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, all right, so we're going to answer one more question today. Um, this one comes from Olaf, one of our Discord members. And Olaf, I know you wrote in with two questions. I liked your first question so much, and I want to talk about it longer. We're going to save it for next week. Um, it's, a, it's an evergreen <laughs> one, so um, tune in for that one. <clears throat> so uh, this, this question comes from Olaf, who wrote in and said, with the Xenoblade 3 rumors floating around, will there be a Nintendo Direct next month, or will they continue to do the shadow reveals on Twitter? What do you think will be the most effective way to announce games in the future? I, I think we're due a, a direct at this point. Um, I think we could do with saying a little bit more about some of the games that are coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got WarioWare, we've got the the new Mario Party Superstars. We don't know what the remaining three boards on that game are. Uh, there's a lot that about um, uh, Metroid Dread that we don't know about. So all of those things, I think, combined... Multiple along Pokemon with this games on the horizon exactly yeah along with the xenoblade 3 rumor which seemingly we could take to the bank because it's directly from one of the actors cast on the <laughs> previous game um really kind of makes me think there's something in the works coming up yeah. um and then as for the the second part of the the question i i think the most effective way is is still how nintendo's been doing it the directs it gets the hype up even if it's just like tomorrow there's going to be a direct like they did with the indie world everyone tuning in for that and getting surprised does a lot better than just a a video showing up on on a tweet i think i I really think i definitely agree with you i think the only thing i would push back on is and i agree with the first part of what you said i think i don't know that there'll be a direct next month but it feels like we're due I would imagine we'll get one in the next month or so because, to your point, we got a lot of games coming out this fall that you know we could definitely use more information on. Um, but I, I, I do think directs are still the most effective way to talk about games. But I also think that... Um, I think Nintendo's probably tired of the cycle, at least with regard to how Americans tend to react to directs, where unless it is S-tier amazing stuff the overwhelming reaction to it online is negativity. Um, And granted, there are a lot of people that watch it and upvote it and are into it and don't say anything about it, but I'm sure that they're sick of the narrative of, oh, we waited all this time and that's all they have. Why didn't they show this? Why didn't they show that? So I think that they've probably gotten a little more guarded about it, right? It's if, If they want the directs to mean what you're saying they mean, Steve, it makes more sense for them to do two or three or maybe four a year and have bangers that's what that's what we used that used to be though. It yeah. was like one per quarter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was you get one at the beginning beginning bit of the year. Then we have one at E three, and then maybe there's one about a specific game, and then you have one to close out the yeah. year. What's coming up in the holiday season? If we can get back to that, and we kind of lose some of these like mini directs and things like that in between, then I think they get the hype cycle back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, um, it used to get to the point where they would like post a single picture on Twitter and everyone would speculate what the hell it meant. You know, <laughs> it's like, we've kind of lost that at this point because they, you just expect them on Thursdays to post something at three o'clock and there's going to be like a, a new video or something. Uh, I kind of want to get back to the directs. 
Yeah. And, you know, September actually used to be like a pretty big direct month for Nintendo, too. I think the last one we had that kind of threw us into that big gap of no directs for, uh, for you know, the COVID era was a September 2018 direct. And that was the one where they were like, Animal Crossing 2019, Isabelle yeah. and Smash, all these really cool big things. Um, I forget what was at the very beginning of that one, but... I, I don't remember. But regardless, like September tended to be that time where Nintendo would basically outline that spring season. Like uh, to me, I look at the big ones as being like E3. That gives us like a lot of what to look forward to for the holiday and, you know, maybe some like long term game to see. But then September really like outlined that spring season for us. So what you're saying is we're about to find out all of the details about Splatoon 3. Oh, I mean, I, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, like we really, yeah, that's definitely one I would love to hear more about, right? I like, mean, Splatoon 3 and Breath of the Wild sequel next year, that's a huge year for it's me. A year. At least, yeah. 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 Fingers crossed they both make it across. <laughs> so yeah, thank you to everyone who wrote in uh, for this episode. And thank you so much for joining us here on episode two of Nintendo Noise. Uh, this was a blast. Um, really appreciate your support over on patreon.com slash flipscreengames. Really appreciate all the folks who wrote in for our question block segment. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, any of the questions that were written in that we didn't get to, I've got them saved. Don't worry. I already put them in a new doc for next week. So don't you worry about that. And uh, yeah, remember, write in. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And you know, I, I love answering your questions, especially the ones that like really come out of left field, uh, make us think a little bit, keeps us on our toes, you know, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that from you listeners. So thank you. And uh, yeah, make sure you go check out uh, the Flip Screen Games podcast where this week Steve and I uh, talked all about our, our existing predictions for 2021. We did some new ones on Metacritic scores. I thought it was a good time. Um, and yeah, we've got some new games to add to the list now for the next time. So um, that, should, that should be a good time. So go check that out. And uh, of course, remember, if you go head over to uh, patreon.com slash flipscreengames for just two bucks, you can get access to one more thing, our Patreon exclusive show, uh, where we talk about what's going on outside the world of video games in our lives. So uh, best way to show your support and, uh, you know, and get a little bit of extra content from us. Um, we really appreciate all the support we've seen over there in these first two weeks. It's been really incredible um, and definitely surprised us. So uh, thanks again for all the support. It's, uh, it's been a real pleasure doing this show for you all. So uh, I hope you're still enjoying it as much as you enjoyed the first batch. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's, that's enough for this time. We'll catch you next week for another episode of Nintendo Noise. Take care, everybody.